Today, I um, want to talk about celebration. Celebration of the, the sacraments that we have in our faith, two, two principal and prime sacraments that are called to our attention today, and the celebration of life and of, of new beginnings. We are here and gathered for what begins with the, the hearing and the proclamation of God's word. And then we move into possibly baptism for this young child, and then also a celebration of life for John Gebhardt, someone that many of you may have known well, and the celebration of the Holy Communion, which brought him such strength and such um, consolation throughout his life and in the last trying days of his life. But first, of course, we begin with our gospel story. The gospel begins with uh, 30 years. 30 years have passed since the virgin daughter of Nazareth sang her song of revolution. 30 years have passed since the shepherds ran that night to the people in Bethlehem to say, this is no ordinary child that has been born. 30 years have come and gone since Joseph took the precious family in the dead of night, fleeing Herod's terror and the sword of death that was descending upon Bethlehem so that the child could be rescued and so that the prophecy would be made true. Out of Egypt I have called my son. 30 years have come and gone. Old Zechariah and Elizabeth have probably gone on to glory. Joseph too has gone, most likely. But their two sons, who met in utero, as we recall, their two sons live on, and their ministries begin. A word from God has pulled John out of the wilderness. His time has come. The word has said that the hundreds of years, the centuries of silence has been broken and ended. It is time for the prophetic voice of God to burst forth. Call the people to baptism and repentance. And so John comes out of the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And so they came. The tax collectors and the soldiers come asking, what is it that we should do? And the people come asking, what is it that we should do? The time has come and their hearts are brimming with hope. And their prayers have been answered that finally, finally the Messiah has come to throw down the thrones of Rome and to raise up the oppressed people of Israel. Their hearts are brimming with expectation and wonder and question, is this the one? Is he the one? This man who has appeared without warning, who almost seems to hold them in contempt. You recall that he says to them, you brood of vipers, who told you to come? Who warned you? That's not really sort of the invitation that you want to hear from your Messiah, calling you a brood of vipers as you come forth. And, but that John is not in, he's not done with them at that point, because he goes on to say in a sense to, to call them to account, don't tell me that you have Abraham as your father, because I tell you that God can raise from the stones under your feet children to Abraham. Do not tell me 
as you have Abraham. Do not find your consolation in that, because there is more to come. You want a Messiah? Look to the one who comes after me. He is more powerful than me. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. But first, first, there was the necessity of the simple baptism. Jesus' symbolic act of being with his people. He who we know to be without sin. He who has no need for repentance humbles himself and is washed by John. Our gospel says that as Jesus was praying, the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he heard the words that every child yearns to hear, that every one of us desires to hear from our mothers, from our fathers, from those who care for us, the voice that came to said, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is what will happen if this baptism comes through. The Holy Spirit will come upon this child. And God will speak in words that we may not hear, but words that we pray that he will always hold dear and hear in his heart that you are my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Such is the first and great sacrament of the Christian faith full initiation by water and spirit into the body of Christ. What greater cause is there for celebration? What more can we want? What better reason to be gathered around God's holy altar, to share in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? This is the sacrament, as I said earlier, that brought our brother John Gebhardt immense strength and comfort. Many of you know John. I was told that he was a vestryman during a very trying time in the life of St. Hans. His passing was celebrated yesterday. He was what you might call a, a stealth angel, making weekly trips to Sam's Club to buy fresh fruit to bring to the children at the homework club at the Stanton Center. And, you know, if the idea of having an orange or a banana may mean nothing. But if you grow up in de deprived circumstances, if you grow up in what can be called sort of a food desert, fresh grapes are 10 times the gift that comes from someone that you don't even know but someone who is acting out of the spirit that is in them, someone who is making Christ real, someone that is making the faith that you hear so much about real. That was John Gebhardt. He was also an airman, veteran of the Vietnam War. He was a good man, if you knew him. With a firm handshake, he used to kind of pull you in when he shook your hand. He loved fishing, and he had a sense of humor. And all of this, all of this served him well during his rough final days in the cancer ward at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. And if you know Hopkins, if you go to visit Hopkins and you are told that someone is on the eighth floor of the Osler building, then you know that that person is in a desperate situation. That can be a solemn and grim place. But John and I laughed 
over an old story from his old Air Force days. Sixty years in the past, the story that was still sweet in the telling. But afterwards, as I left, he sent me a text that said, I prayed and the giant void was filled with communion, with host and wine. Also knowing Jesus will help me win. What a blessing and peace and fulfillment and joy to know the healing. The healing of body, the healing of soul, the healing of spirit. And then a series of little meme images. Praying hands, thumbs up. Praying hands. Then, in bold capital words, struggle. In a few minutes, we will begin our great prayer of thanksgiving, our great celebration. And I believe that John's spirit will be there. I believe that Isaiah's prophecy will be made real, that we heard just read, not too many minutes ago, the prophecy that said, bring from the end of the earth my sons from far away and my daughters, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Give them up. Do not withhold them. Bring your friends and your loved ones who have gone on to glory, those who cannot be here with us today. Bring Father Manoj. Bring with us. Jer Chambers, bring with us. Carolyn Sullivan, bring with us. Dick Libby, bring them all. The prophet calls, God calls, bring us, all of us, to celebrate around his holy altar. This is the call. This is the prophecy. This is why we are here. Let us consider, brothers and sisters, our prayers our prayers and our desires for the year ahead because we are in a time of beginning. In the gospel story, Jesus is just about to begin his ministry. We baptize this baby. He's beginning, this young man, he's beginning his life in Christ. This is the ninth day of 2022. 2022 is just now beginning. So may we pray, pray with fervent expectation for God's grace to inspire us this year in countless ways, to transform us, to renew us, to bless us in ways that we can barely imagine. What is it that we sometimes hear in St. Paul's when he says, and I think it's the letter to the Ephesians where he says, glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him. From generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus. Pray with expectation that we continue to be more and more a blessing to the world and to each other. Pray that the Holy Spirit touches and inspires every heart in the community of St. Anne's. So that as the psalmist sang in that beautiful psalm that we also just heard, the psalmist sang that in this temple, in this temple that is known as St. Anne's, can it be said that all are crying, glory, all are praising God, all are celebrating Christ, 
who has called us to new life in baptism, who has fed us with the bread of life from his altar and sent us into the world to share in his life. Brothers and sisters, I call to mind what it is that St. Teresa of Avila said to remind us once again of who it is that we are. She said, Christ has no body now on earth but yours. No hands but yours. No feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he is to look out. Christ's compassion to the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to bless the world now. So brothers and sisters, let us rejoice. Rejoice in who we are. Become who you are. Become whom God is calling you to be. And as the psalmist says, let all in the temple cry out, glory to God in the highest. Amen.